0: Welcome to the Thriving in the Kingdom podcast with me, Vincent Kodongo. This is a place where you learn how to operate in the Kingdom of Heaven with optimal fruitfulness through the application of its principles. We've been speaking about the path of purpose, and we have covered uh, six stages on the path of purpose. Uh, Just to give you a recap, the stages are, from the first one, for knowledge and predestination divine for knowledge and predestination the second is a divine strategic positioning for formation the third is progressive revelation of your purpose the fourth stage is training for your kingdom assignment the fifth is the season of testing otherwise known as the wilderness season and the sixth which we covered in our last episode is ascent onto the platform, the strategic platform of destiny, ascent onto the strategic platform of destiny, or what some people call <clears throat> the season of manifestation. In today's episode, we want to deal with the last stage of the path of purpose, and this is a legacy and succession, legacy and succession. Uh, this is the seventh stage. <clears throat> it is essential to realize That you have a limited period on earth. Therefore, you should focus on completing your kingdom assignment before you die. Uh, The scriptures say in Psalms uh, chapter 90 verse 12, uh, the the psalmist says this, he says, Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom <clears throat> so if you don't have a consciousness of the progression of uh, time towards your exit on earth, then you should uh you, you you're not wise because the scripture is speaking about uh in this context that gaining that uh, to gain uh, and to reflect wisdom. You have to have a sense of numbering your days, right? A sense of the consciousness of the passage of time in your life. <clears throat> the impact of the execution of your divine assignment should not end with you. Uh, John Maxwell, who is a, a renowned global leadership consultant and pastor and a leader, also says this he says, uh, Success. Without, success, without a successor is failure. Success without a successor with failure. If you do great things and then they die with you, then you are failed in the broader sense of the picture. But you seem to have succeeded in a generation, but everything dies with you. <clears throat> the scriptures illustrate that God's agenda outlives his servant. Every kingdom ambassador is expected to pass on the uh, the button of the kingdom to the next generation after completing his mission on earth every one of us as ambassadors of king, the kingdom after you thrive after you have been trained, tested and then you are sent to your platform of destiny and you rise and you have you, you do great things it's not supposed to end with you Because the kingdom of heaven continues from generation to generation. The God's agenda continues. So you are supposed to pass on the baton to the next generation for them to also (coughs) execute their assignment in their generation. (coughs) Consequently, as we execute our assignments, we should develop a mindset of sustainability beyond our lifetime on earth. This requires that we engage in strategic activities and investments that will continue to produce fruit beyond our existence on Earth. The appropriate strategy for this uh, for this uh, continuance uh, uh, for, 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 for things to continue to bear fruit after we, we, we are gone is building a lasting legacy and succession planning. Those two dimensions. It's about that if you want to, to, to continue to succeed even after you're gone, to, for the vision to continue, then you have to build a lasting legacy and plan for succession. So it's about building a lasting legacy and succession planning. What is legacy? <clears throat> According to the Cambridge Dictionary, legacy is something that is part of your history or that remains from an earlier time. For instance, the Greeks have a rich legacy of literature. Most of the people who wrote those things that we read from the Greeks, the literature, uh, and most of their philosophers, they are no longer alive, but they left a rich legacy of of, uh, knowledge, of their own kind of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, What is succession? Succession is, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is the act of getting a title or or right after the person who had that title or uh, right before you has died or is no longer able or allowed to have it. For instance, succession to a throne. So it's passing on of a title or a right to the next person after they have died or when they are no longer allowed to have it. Maybe like for example uh, in the modern world we have a, a succession in terms of presidential terms and, and therefore what is succession planning? <clears throat> there are various definitions given of succession planning, some have to do with institutions or individuals but uh, or, or even estates passing on of estates of the disease <coughs> uh, in law uh, from a legal perspective. Uh, But uh, for the purposes of this episode, I'd like to define succession planning as this uh, this is my definition is that succession planning is the intentional process of preparing for the transfer of responsibility and resources from a person who holds them to another person developed and designated for this role. Designated and develop for this trust. I'll repeat that. Succession planning is the intentional process of preparing for the transfer of responsibility and resources from a person who holds them to another person developed and designated for this purpose. So it's an intentional process, and it involves transfer. And the person who is supposed to take over has to be designated and has to be developed and designated for that role. (coughs) And there are various ways to build a a legacy, a lasting legacy. There are various ways to build any kind of legacy, whether lasting or not yet. But mostly we are talking about lasting legacy. (coughs) And illustrations of what the kind of legacy we have had is like creating trusts for resources. Like we have the Rockefeller Foundation. For instance, uh, there is building institutions. The people build universities. Others uh, build uh, church, uh, churches, church denominations. Others build companies uh, uh, or, na- or international nonprofit organizations or intergovernmental organizations. Uh, so they, it can also constitute uh, building institutions, organizations. It also constitutes writing books. There are books that we read. Like we, have, we have seen from the Greeks <clears throat> that there were literature. Even the Bible itself was written more than 2,000 years ago. About 2,000 years ago, thereabouts. So, uh, there are various ways, and also there is a build, some people have taken the approach of building monuments uh, that we... And when we visit, like for, for instance, I've traveled around the world, and one of the things I noticed uh, in the many countries I went to, especially in European countries... Uh, and uh, and I think even around the U.S., I saw is that uh, there 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 are areas in which historical uh, there's been a preservation of historical informations, monuments, and uh, and whether they're in the form of palaces or cathedrals. Like one time I was in Barcelona, and I could see uh, the works of Antoni Gaudi uh, from the the uh, the, the various. Uh, uh, Cathedrals so, that he built, and some of them there's one particular one that he never uh, finished. But uh, uh, I think the last time I was there, they were trying to reinforce it and find a way of uh, of uh, making it continue to be built. See, there were other pla- places like Park Quell and many other dimensions that of the things that he, from his arch- architectural expertise, uh, he built that lived outlived him. So, there are people who have, have, have opted. Uh, for that kind of success, and even in these kind of cities, you see, and maybe even you live there, you see that uh, they are, they are uh, uh, the cities are, there. They are They are, they being preserved with their historical nature. You see, quint cities, quaint cities. See? So, and there and even uh, the global community has recognized that there is a necessity in this preservation, and that's why we have the UNESCO. So they, they designate places as heritage sites that should not be destroyed so there are diverse ways of uh living legacy however the most effective way to build a lasting legacy and plan for succession is mentoring the next generation of leaders this must be intentional and strategic so if you want your vision to continue your impact to continue don't just write books or create trust for resources, or build monuments. What you need to do is to uh, mentor, engage in strategic, in, in, in a very intentional process of mentoring the next generation of leaders. And uh, part of this can then even be done within the family uh, by the way you raise your children, to be able to succeed you within the family context, but also to continue to execute their assignments. To become uh, god centered agents of change to fulfill their purpose, but even if the, this is broader than this is broader than uh, family it's a uh, mentoring leaders for the next generation people who are going to outlive you and uh, and succeed you, and that 's even what we do at uh, kingdom diplomats reporter uh we have different kind of age groups of mentors. There are people who are almost uh, more or less my age mates who have uh, uh, requested to be mentored by me, and they are going to continue to mentor people from a younger generation. But I also have people who are younger than me by ten years, fifteen years, even twenty years younger than me who we are mentoring uh, on matters of uh, uh, the kingdom, uh, so that and in terms of helping them to discover their purpose, uh, to write their visions, uh, and to uh, Uh, just uh, uh, embrace kingdom to understand and embrace kingdom principles and to use them for the execution of their divine assignment and to thrive in on earth and our system is such that after you are mentored you are supposed to continue mentoring the next uh, uh, you you also, uh, uh, the next generation the generation after you, people who are younger than you and some people are already doing that, some people who have mentored have already started mentoring other people who are younger than them so that's so. I'm saying mentoring is is a, is the best way, that the, the most strategic way, that you the most effective way to build a lasting legacy and plan for succession, is mentoring the next generation of leaders. And it must be intentional and strategic. It shouldn't be random. <coughs> mentorship mentorship is an intentional and empowering relationship. Okay, so. A good example of this, this is not just something that I've thought about, it's something that even based on scripture, that Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, who's God the Son, uh, when he started his mission, uh, he decided to uh, uh, to have succession planning right from the beginning by mentoring the next generation of leaders. And you can see this from Mark chapter <coughs> 3, verse 13 to 19. It says this, it says, uh, uh, Jesus went up on, on, on them on a mountainside and called to him those he, won, he wanted. And they came to him. He appointed twelve, designating them apostles, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. James, son of Zebedee. And his brother John, uh, to uh, to them he gave the name Bonages, which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, uh, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. So Jesus designated uh, a certain group of people, twelve of them. Eventually, there were eleven that were left. Because Judas Iscariot betrayed him and committed suicide after that uh, as it is say that he committed it is said that he committed suicide uh by theologians uh, you so the thing is uh is uh, uh Jesus did not just uh, hope uh, or believe that some his mission will 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 last he, he intentionally took time to mentor these people, not only so but even in John chapter seventeen, you find that he now uh, invested in another way that you also secure your future uh, your legacy uh, by praying for them that he prayed about their future and that's the same thing I also do that. I, so the people have mentored I pray for them I pray about their future and this is something that you can also do not just for uh, other mentees but even for your children pray for their future that is going to leave, outlive you pray for the, the, your children's children Pray for the mentees of your mentees. Pray for pray for the whole lineage. Jesus not only prayed for his disciples; he prayed for all of us who believe in him. And these prayers have been answered. That's why the church continues to live, because it says that he will build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So, it's a good Jesus is a perfect illustration of a mentorship, uh, of succession of a legacy and succession planning, and the effect of Jesus raising. His disciples is felt up to today more than 2000 years later after he died we still feel the impact today and he just stayed with them for three years and invested heavily in them and the impact continued through generations because also they also uh, discipled others and passed on the baton and so did others like apostle paul was called by him and uh, who raised others and passed on the baton. So the, uh, that's why we're saying that the most effective way, the most effective way to build a lasting legacy and plan for succession is mentoring the next generation of leaders. They don't have to be leaders initially. You can get them like Jesus, they were fishermen, and then he raised them and transformed them to become uh, agents of change, to become influencers, apostles of impact. The other thing uh, uh, you see is that not only did Jesus mentor uh, these people, but if you read in Matthew chapter 28 uh, from verse 16 to 20, this is where now he gives them the assignment. He passed on. He intentionally now passed on the, the, the vision, the mission, which we call the great commission. He commissioned them to continue the work that he had started. And he tells them, In Matthew chapter particularly in verse uh, uh, 19 he says therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age so you see that uh, he not only mentored them but he also gave them the authority and transferred the the, the the assignment to them. And he also in Acts chapter 1, you find that he tells them to wait for the impartation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit because he was going to release the Holy Spirit when he goes back to heaven. And uh, that's what happens. And then uh, from in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came upon them on the day of Pentecost and they continued the mission of Jesus, which continues up to today because the same a pattern of succession has con has has been adopted in the in 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 terms of uh, succession planning, I would like to make this point that seek god's guidance seek god's guidance, seek God's guidance that you need to seek God's guidance in succession planning because you have a vision that is a kingdom vision. Huh? It's not your personal, just your... It may seem like it's a personal vision because you've developed it, but you're being led by the Holy Spirit. So you need to, to pass it on for the continuance of the building of the of the kingdom, for the advancement of the kingdom of heaven, of the God's agenda. So you need to seek God's guidance in succession planning because the kingdom agenda is his mission, God's mission. God knows the purpose for every person. And he knows the hearts of men better than you do. God knows the purpose and hearts of men better than you do. Some people who you think that you need to pass on to the baton may not have the kind of heart that is required for for them to take over. They may not even be with you at heart. They may be hanging around you, but they may not have the heart or they may not have the capacity. Or they may not they may they have their own personal agenda. So God will help you as you seek his guidance. And as also you look at the principles of scripture on what kind of person that based on those principles you should use to, to, to decide who is going to succeed you in the mission that God has for you, the divine assignment. I like also to give other illustrations from scripture. The next illustration I like to give about succession planning and legacy is a is about uh, Elijah and about God's role in the same. You find that uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19, this is when after Elijah who had been, was being uh, uh, threatened by Jezebel uh, uh, with death. And so he was uh, discouraged. So what happens is that uh, when he runs away to Horeb, the, Lord's, um, the Lord uh, spoke to him. So in uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 15 to 17, this is what the scriptures say. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 15 to 17, it says, The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any, any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. So you see, these are assignments that, uh, that uh, Elijah was supposed to execute before he died. And one of them, uh, apart from appointing successors as the next king's, uh, and imparting the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon them, which is uh, very crucial in terms of leadership because it's a wisdom and power of God backing that. So what happens is that he was also asked to uh, to anoint Elisha to succeed him, and that under under uh, uh, from verse 19 uh, of the same chapter, you see how Elisha now is uh, adopted by Elijah as his uh, mentee and as his servant. So you find. Uh, Elijah takes time to raise Elisha to show him how the prophetic ministry is done just by modeling to him as he serves under him. So it's, a, it's an opportunity for him to learn and grow. So he's being trained. And Elisha, the point I wanted to bring out is that Elisha was not just Elijah's choice. God directed uh, Elijah to anoint Elisha. God is the one who picked Elijah's successor in this case. And that's a very significant thing to think about. So remember I said that you need to seek God's guidance in succession planning. And when you read, when you read 2 Kings chapter 2, you see now how when Elijah was taken up to heaven, eh, Elisha received a double portion of the anointing of Elijah. And after that, the company of prophets now submitted to him and began to follow, to, 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 to be led under him. Another example of a succession in the Bible, in the scriptures, and continuing the, and leaving a legacy that Moses had is about Moses. And this is what the scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter three. Deuteronomy chapter three, chapter three, from verse twenty-one, the scripture says this: He says, "At that time." This Moses speaking. says, At that time I pleaded with the Lord, O sovereign Lord, you have begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country and Lebanon. But because of you, the Lord was angry with me, will not listen to me. That is enough the Lord says do not speak to me any more about this matter go up to the top of Pisgah and look west and north and south and east look at the land with your own eyes since you are not going to cross this Jordan but commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead his people these people across and will cause them To inherit the land that you will see. So you see, uh, God is the one who decided that Joshua was the one who was going to take over from Moses to continue the the mission of the kingdom, continue the kingdom assignment. And we also see now this uh, process starting. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1 to 9, the Bible says, it says, Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now a hundred and twenty years old and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you as the Lord said. See, that's an important point. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with these people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them, and you must divide it among them as the inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So you see, uh, in addition to receiving divine direction, about who will be his next, uh, his, his successor, the next person will continue the assignment, uh, the vision of the kingdom, uh, uh, the vision of uh, the nation of Israel uh, that God had. Uh, what happens is that uh, what happens is that uh, Moses uh, now takes the step of actively transferring the role. He now actually takes the step of transferring the authority to 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 Joshua. And I actually find that later on in the chapter, God actually asked Moses to bring Joshua, like in uh, verse 14, it says, uh, the Lord said to Moses, now the day of your death is near. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting and where I will commission him. So Moses and Joshua came and presented themselves at the tent of the meeting. You see? So so now uh, God now also commissioned Joshua himself after Yeah, there's a role of the man, the successor, and there's a role of God. And in addition to that, there was also the impartation of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In addition to the authority, there's a transformation, transmission of the power, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, in this case, it was beyond power. It was also the wisdom, you know. uh, The anointing has to do with the wisdom and the power of God, you know, the God's ability for a specific assignment in 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 a person's life. So in Joshua chapter 34 verse 9, the scriptures acknowledges, it says, Now Joshua son of Nun was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. So you see Joshua takes over. You can see that even Moses had done great things like in, uh, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 34, uh, the same chapter, just if we continue from verse 10, To 12 it says since then no prophet had risen in Israel like Moses whom the Lord knew face to face who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent to him sent him to do in Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land for no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel so despite his greatness and all these things that God uh, used him to do he had to to come to a place whereby his, his life came to an end and he had to pass on the baton to the next person that God identified. He had, he had now to have a, uh, he had a great legacy of the great works he had done that was spoken of throughout the rest of scripture. But what happens is that he had now to have succession, succession planning with the involvement of God. And in Joshua chapter 1 you see that now after succession planning, the mission starts. That because of the succession, the success now starts so in Joshua chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3 the Bible says, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord uh, uh, that's speaking about Moses as the servant of the Lord, then it says, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun Moses 8, so Moses is the servant of the Lord but now Joshua is passed on so now God now steps in and speaks to Joshua directly, it's no longer through Moses it's about, because the mission is God's it's not Moses or Joshua it's God's agenda so it says, uh, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, To to uh, I'm, I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every, every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. So God had promised, given the cast there, the vision to Moses. And Moses had shared it with the Israelites when he was, Getting them out of Egypt, leading them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and through the wilderness. And that same vision which was from God is what now Joshua is continuing with. So this assignment that God places in your life. The vision that you develop based on your assignment is supposed not to die with you, it's supposed to continue with another the next generation. And my point and my emphasis in these scriptures uh, from Jesus to Elijah to Moses beyond the element of mentorship and succession planning is the role of God that you need divine guidance in succession planning you need to seek God, ask God to guide you as you make the decision and you need also to look at the principles of scripture on the kind of person that you need to appoint to succeed you because the word of God itself is the, the voice of God in written form because it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So, succession planning in institutions uh, should be integrated into the organization's leadership, governance, and human resource policy. So, <clears throat> and, and and there should be no ambiguity. So, when you're speaking about individuals, we have given this, the, the we have spoken about individuals. Now, We're speaking about it from also an institutional perspective uh, that if you lead an institution, if you have converted your vision, the vision that you're executing in the form of an institution, what you should do is that you should create a policy, particularly if the institution grows. Make it very clear in policy that has to do with leadership, that has to do with governance, that has to do with human resource make it very clear how succession planning is supposed to happen including even the qualities of the kind of person who should be there and if there is leeway of of ways in which you can appoint you can also do that in the and make it clear in the policy so that there will be there will be a sense of uh, clarity no ambiguity and so that uh, the vision will not uh, suffer so that is the 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 seventh stage on the path of purpose it's about building a lasting legacy and succession planning and I've said that the most effective way for succession planning is mentoring the next generation of leaders the most effective way for a legacy living a lasting legacy and succession planning is a, is, a, is a building is mentoring the next generation of leaders and passing on the kingdom button to them so that is what you need to have a framework so even as you maybe you have already broken through beyond the period of training and testing and now you are you are broken through into there the, you have ascended to your platform of destiny and you are building up and maybe you are moving even towards convergence it's not just about you as a center of action. Your assignment is a kingdom assignment. It's about God, the kingdom of heaven, the everlasting king, and about the and, and about uh, his agenda in every generation. So God wants to continue his work. So it should not just be the stories about what you did. What you need to be doing and focus on is also raising other people who are going to succeed you. The people God has entrusted with you. Raise them so that they will continue there in terms of the implementation of the vision in terms of the fulfillment of god's agenda in terms of also discovering their purpose and aligning themselves with the visions that they need to succeed because maybe some of them may not succeed you they may succeed other people who are kingdom ambassadors okay so as we in terms of reflection i want you to reflect on this what measures are you taking to ensure That the vision that is derived from your kingdom assignment, from your purpose, does not die with you. What measures are you taking currently to ensure that the vision that is derived from your purpose, your kingdom assignment, does not die with you? That it does not end with your death? I would recommend, as we conclude, that uh, I recommend to you a book. Uh, written by the late Dr. Miles Munro, who is a very great exa- example of a living a lasting legacy and uh, succession that he raised, uh, he mentored people through the Kingdom Training Institute and uh, he passed on the baton to the leaders in the Bahamas faith ministries, uh, passed on the baton the button to... In, in terms of international third world leaders association and Miles Monroe International. So there were people, even though his death was timely, it was untimely, it was not expected. What happened is that uh, the institutions were built with clear policies and had a solid base of mentees and the mentees have also leading, there's other mentees who are leading other institutions uh, having started certain visions that they are leading. which they were already leading before they became his mentees that he raised that are continuing with the same message of the kingdom of heaven on earth so i'm giving a book recommendation in terms of the topic of today legacy and succession is is that is a a book he wrote called passing it on passing it on is about mentorship and about succession it's a very good book for you to read and get a perspective and from a kingdom dimension of how to 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 raise and uh, success, how to identify, mentor, and pass on the baton of the kingdom. I would like you to note that this episode is the conclusion of the series on the path of purpose. We have done it for about uh, 12 episodes, including today. So this is the, the last episode when you're speaking about the path of purpose. We just had to do it in detail so that you understand, so that everything else that I speak about, you should have to think about it. In in this podcast, you should have to think about it from the framework of God's purpose. And you should also think about it. Which season are you in? When you look at all those seven stages, which season are you in? Or which season are your children in? Or are your mentees in? And uh, be able to have them also. So if you have been blessed by this episode and by this series on Path of Purpose, then share the episode with your friends, family members, or on your colleagues at work, or other believers in your church, and also maybe on your social media platforms. And I would also like you to subscribe if you have not done so, so that you can uh, you will not miss any episodes. Uh, if you if you're able, I'd also like you to give us feedback. Uh, through the podcast platform from which you are listening to Eaton uh, and also maybe through the social media handles uh, that we have uh, provided in the show notes or the email address also that is also provided there I pray for you that the Lord will grant you divine direction as you understand and uh, you are prepared for your purpose and uh, executed with excellence that you will, that it will not die with you, that you are going to raise others, who are going to, uh, you are going to pass on the baton to, that they are going to fulfill God's agenda in their generation. May God bless you.